1: My 7 Chakras, Episode 93. Life is not about waiting
0: for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. The 7 Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chocolates help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 chocolates,
1: and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on Action Takers? AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras. And today I am excited because we are just 7 episodes away from reaching our golden 100th episode. So I'm pumped and charged up to zoom towards that milestone. So Action Tribe, we are truly living in a beautiful time, an age when technology and information can reduce distances, save time and save lives. One of the things that I'm really loving these days is my job on up move which is a wearable health monitor just like a fitbit it's a small device that i hook onto my trousers or shirt all day but what it does is it tracks the number of steps that i take now measuring the steps that i take has a transformational effect on me it's totally changed the way that i look at a step and these days i look for opportunities to avoid the escalator or the bus just so that I can exceed my daily target of 10,000 steps. And listeners, I'm so excited to tell you that last month, month of March, I walked over 233 miles. It sounds big, but really small steps lead to big changes, literally, right? And as Peter Drucker once said, you can't manage what you can't measure. And this is so true as far as measuring your steps is concerned as well. So in case you've been thinking about this for a while, and you're just on the fence at the moment, here's my advice. Buy this device. It's jawbone up move it's a very simple device or you can go for other devices such as the fitbit and give it a try and i assure you it will change your life and action takers we have finally come to the moment when i bring you our featured guest for today paula shaw so paula are you ready to inspire? I am. Great. So Paula Shaw is a master life transition coach and grief recovery specialist. She's also a talk show host on Transition Radio and a best-selling author. She's written two books, Chakras, The Magnificent Seven and Grief, When Will This Pain Ever End? So Paula, thanks a lot for joining us today. To start with, Take about a minute and tell us a little bit more about you.
0: All right. Thank you for this opportunity. I think what I would like to share with your listeners is that I really have come into the work that I'm doing now through life experience. I mean, I've had the training and, you know, done the schooling, and that sort of thing, but Really, I was led to this work through my own life experiences, and I never asked my clients to do anything that I haven't done myself. So, the processes I share and, and the things that I ask them to read or the, the work I ask them to do is all work that I have done and am doing myself. I just really believe that ongoing processing and honestly dealing with your issues is the secret to happiness.
1: Wonderful. So thanks a lot for that intro. And just like a car needs some ignition to start and zoom off, this episode needs some inspirational ignition to build momentum and move on. So Paula, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us one example of how you apply this quote in your life.
0: Ah, okay. The quote that I would like to share is that life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And that is a quote by author Vivian Green. And what I love about it is that's really what it's about. You know, like the radio show I do is all about changes and We know that life is full of changes, and whether we welcome them or not, they're coming. So we might as well do the best we can to be positive about them, to flow with them, and to learn how to dance with them rather than resisting them and making it all much more difficult. I think that one of the most important things I do is to really try to stay in the moment and not go into those little trips into the past where you end up filled with regret and remorse or zipping into the future where you can get into anxiety and fear because the present usually feels pretty good and it's really the only place where we're fully alive in our lives.
1: Wonderful. So don't wait... For the right moment, it's not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. So a lot of times we wait for the right moment, the right situation or the right circumstances. And as you mentioned, we aren't really promised tomorrow and we can't change the past. Mm-hmm. What we can do is enjoy this very moment and learn how uh, we can treat this moment as wonderful rain and see what this moment can teach us. So thanks a lot for sharing.
0: Thank you. That was lovely the way you summed that all up. And and that's so true. So true.
1: So let's jump in. What inspired you to write your book, Chakras, The Magnificent Seven?
0: Well, actually, I was trained traditionally. My original training is in alcohol and drug addiction and in grief recovery. And I was just working in my practice and then somebody said to me, have you ever heard of Reiki? And I said, no. And so I got curious and I just felt the call to, to do the first level attunement. And one of the homework assignments after that first level, as many of your listeners may know, is that you're supposed to put light into your chakras every day for 21 days. And after 21 days of doing that, I was pretty blown away by how powerful working with the chakras actually was. So I started doing a lot of other things. I started putting crystals on my chakras when I would go to sleep at night. I started always uh, working with yoga postures and other things that helped to energize my chakras and I had such a profound impact on my health and on my life. By doing that work, I decided I should kind of get all my notes and all my stuff together and put it in a book so I could share it with others. And that's really what Chakras the Magnificent Seven is. It's a a great compilation of different kinds of charts of things that resonate with the chakras, processes you can do to keep them balanced. And, you know, it's just a great primer for how to work with your chakras, I think. I say that in all humility. <laughs> I do love the book.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. It's So it was almost mystical that somebody asked you whether you had heard at that point about Reiki and then you did it. And during your assignments, you really did a lot of experimentation in the sense that during those 21 days, you practiced putting light into your chakras and you experiment with crystals, with yoga, meditation. And to tell you, that's how I got exposed to chakras as well. Not through a Reiki course, but I heard about the term chakras somewhere through a conversation. And then I went on YouTube and I saw a bunch of YouTube videos, which was all about guided meditation and how you can visualize each of your chakras. At first, they're blocked and then you visualize that. But then as, as you Go down your chakras or go up your chakras, uh, they start looking brighter and they swirl in a much better way. And after a couple of sessions, I actually felt much better, much more healthy. So that's how I started with my practice. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, it's, isn't it so true? You can really not only feel the difference, you see it in your life. True. You see it in how you're handling things and how your health is and how your physical body feels. It, it's very, very visceral. I think that's the, an important thing for people to know. You really will see the difference if you do the work.
1: True. Now, I have read that each chakra correlates with a particular gland and is responsible for a particular bodily function. So, for someone new to the world of chakras, could you provide us an overview of these relationships?
0: Yes, <laughs> I I knew you were going to ask me a question like that, and I don't have my chart right in front of me. I'll be honest and admit, but sure. I do know that the upper chakras they uh, relate to the pineal gland and the oh, there's another one in your brain. If I had my book right in front of me, there are charts in the book that talk Mm -hmm. about the relationship of all the glands to all of the chakras. And unfortunately, I didn't have it right in front of me, but all that information is in there. But yes, you're right, and not only do the chakras relate to the different glands, the adrenals, but they also relate to different nerve bundles, so the chakras mm-hmm. are are important in so many ways and and really truly physically uh, very important you know they impact body, mind, and spirit but Definitely on a physical level, they do tie in with all those major glands.
1: Wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing that. Firstly, I understand the chakras have been there for thousands of years, so it's impossible to know everything right off the bat about the chakras. But you spoke about a chart. Could you talk a bit about what this chart exactly is and how can this chart help some, someone Uh, Really use the chakra system and you know make sense out of it and enhance their life?
0: Yes. Well, what I did in this book was I dedicated a chapter to each chakra, and in that chapter, you will see examples of. The fragrances that energize that chakra, the sounds that energize it, the celestial bodies that relate to that chakra, the colors, the gemstones. There are all kinds of references to the, in, in all these different categories of what energizes and works with that chakra so Mm -hmm. like I have had clients who literally let's say they were having an issue in their life with money which often relates to root chakra and survival you know the basics So, Mm -hmm. I'll have them maybe wear carnelian stones and be sure they're eating protein you know, like a a good solid protein source. Listening to certain kinds of music which are primal and that kind of thing and um, having fragrances in their life that are real basic to that chakra and it's amazing Mm -hmm. how that starts turning things around because it's energizing that chakra that's being stressed by the life circumstances. So, so there's a chart for each chakra in the book. And there are other suggestions in, in another chapter I have called chakra balancers. So you get all kinds of ways to work with those chakras in in a very simple format.
1: Wonderful. So I, I love crystals myself. I've mm-hmm. got a couple of crystals, but two of my favorite ones are rose quartz oh, yes. and labradorite. Now rose quartz, I believe, is for the heart chakra yes. and labradorite is for the throat chakra. And especially when I was starting the show about six months back, I got another Labrador at Crystal, you know, Mm -hmm. just to help me enhance uh, my ability to share my voice and connect with people around in different countries and things like that. And I moved into a new community within Vancouver and I got myself a Rose Crystal just to connect with this community in a better way, you know, share the love and uh, basically become one with it and i love these two crystals and i completely agree with your saying that you have different stones for different chakras. Mm -hmm. And um, as soon as a chakra expert or somebody who's learned the chakras detects that, he or she can recommend what crystals to get or not get.
0: Absolutely. And in my book, there's also a list of of all the crystals and gemstones that are good for each chakra. And you know, it's an interesting thing about Labradorite. They call it the Merlin stone because it actually works with many chakras. It's good for your root Mm -hmm. and it's wonderful for enhancing your Intuition as well. So you You chose a very good stone there. That's a really good one. And another important thing to remember just quickly I want to add is crystal, pure uh, quartz crystal or diamonds, clear stones work with every chakra. So those kinds of stones are really good to have on, on your being and in your presence, you know, in your energy field. They're going to be working with your chakras. I think that's probably why humans have worn stones as jewelry since the beginning of time.
1: Absolutely. Across all civilizations, Mm -hmm. all of the ancient civilizations, especially all of them had crystals. And one is maybe it's for, you know, adornment and beauty and things like that. But then there was more to it. As you mentioned, uh, they knew that these crystals affect our mind, body and soul in some way or the other. Yes. Now let's talk about our subtle energy fields. For example, when I put my palms facing each other, I can feel an energy ball. As I pull them away, I can feel a little attraction. And as I pull them closer, I feel a slight repulsion, just like a magnet. So especially when you meet a client or a student, how do you interact with their energy fields? For example, are you able to detect some of the challenges that they might be facing by sensing their energy fields?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's really a great point to discuss. You know, I also belong to a group, in fact, I'm on the board of directors of the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, and I use a lot of this energy work in my practice. And one of the things that quantum physics has taught us is that everything in the universe is energy, particles of energy and waves of energy vibrating at different frequencies so the more in tuned we become with energy yes you will sense in people uh, whether they're relaxed or whether there's something they're really tense or anxious about i mean even before conversation begins i always get an overall sense of the energy of my client whether they they seem the energy feels bright or the energy feels constricted or congested, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, and the more you work with the chakras, the more tuned into that you become.
1: mm mm-hmm. Now, Paula, most of us have some limiting belief or another, right? Seated deep within our consciousness or our subconsciousness. Uh, And these limiting beliefs or emotional blocks can have an effect on our business, relationships, job and other areas. Absolutely. So uh, how can chakra systems help us understand some of these emotional blocks or limiting beliefs or maybe a problematic behavior that creeps up in our day to day life?
0: Well, you know, one of the things that I, I added in this book that I love and that I think would be of great interest to your listeners is I list for each chakra the body parts connected with that chakra and the possible illnesses or emotional conditions. So you could actually look in this book and let's say you're dealing with anxiety and and you realize that there's some money issues in your life that are causing that anxiety, but you're not really sure what to do. Well, if you... Look, and, and you can do this very simply. It's not like you have to wade through hundreds of pages in order to get this information. You can see that's a root chakra issue. And then you can start doing work, something as simple as... uh Rubbing, massaging your pinky or your little toe helps to energize your root chakra. Wearing carnelian or labradorite or uh, smoky brown stones, those things energize root chakra. Eating certain foods like heavy in protein, using certain fragrances, these things will help to ease that chakra and, and make that chakra function better. And you know that when the energy is moving the way it's supposed to, we are more able to deal with our life circumstances in a productive way.
1: Mm-hmm. It's touched on the food aspect of things. So I understand that each of our seven chakras is associated with a particular color, right? So do you have any insights around how we can use colors to heal and unblock our chakras?
0: Yeah, yes, that's a great question too. Donna Eden, who wrote Energy Medicine, and she's an amazing woman in our field, she says that actually, you know, there are basic colors we associate with each chakra, and that would be like red for the root chakra, uh, orange for the sacral chakra, which is in the abdominal zone, yellow, bright yellow like the sun for the solar plexus, green or pink for the heart, blue like sky blue for the throat chakra, indigo deep blue like the night sky for the brow, and then we always think of the crown as either white or gold or violet. And and yet Donna says that the chakras are not always those particular colors, because remember their energy, their energy that is whirling energy, kind of like a vortex, And so they change according to what's going on with us. Sometimes maybe that solar plexus chakra, which we think of as yellow, it might be over agitated because you're so nervous about standing up in front of people and doing a presentation or something. So it actually may really need green light or deep blue light to calm it. So what I tell my clients is, Just visualize white light going into your chakras because white light contains the full spectrum and then the chakras will pull whatever light they need, whatever color they need for their current circumstance. Because remember, energy is mutable. It's changing all the time. Your chakras are like living things that are constantly
1: in change. Wonderful. In fact, I remember some of the guided meditations that I had gone through. uh, When you imagine that the the seven chakras and you imagine that they're sort of blocked and need healing, Mm -hmm. they actually recommended white light coming from the universe and purging through clearing the gunk, (laughs) healing (laughs) the chakras. And as you mentioned so correctly, white light contains all the colors. So it's definitely going to heal depending on what color is required to heal that particular chakra, I think the light knows itself. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, on my website, uh, at no charge, as a free gift. There is a download of a meditation I did guiding people bringing that light into their chakras. It, and I think that could be real helpful for somebody wanting to do this kind of work.
1: Wonderful. So Paula, thanks a lot for sharing those incredible insights. As you probably guessed, the chakras are one of my favorite topics and we could <laughs> literally go on for hours and hours. Well, let's talk about some action here. Is there a quick and easy health tip that you could recommend for our action takers, which they could try out immediately? Well, I think actually the most
0: powerful thing that they can do, and I do this every single morning, I do not get out of bed without it. Well, first I meditate because I think meditation is critical to helping us not only deal with our daily lives, but but in moving to higher levels in our consciousness. Consciousness. And then I literally put my hands over each chakra and visualize that white light flowing out of your palms into the chakra. I think of it as like putting gas in my car before I'm going to drive it, you know. So, put that light in there every day. Give them some fuel so that they can operate more optimally. And it doesn't take long to do this. It's not a 20-minute deal. Because remember, light and energy is not connected with time. So, you can spend 10 seconds on each chakra or 30 seconds or 3 minutes, whatever feels good to you. But put that light in those chakras and just fuel them up for the day.
1: Wonderful. So that is that once a day or twice a day?
0: I do it every morning. If you did, if you had time to do it twice a day, even better. Got it. Especially if you can feel the, the stresses of the day kind of pulling on your energy. That would be the first thing i do. And you know, you can do it in two minutes if you need to.
1: Sure. We'll add that into the show notes as well. One of the best ways to get through difficulties is to simply persevere day by day huge projects don't seem as daunting when we focus on one element, completing that before we tackle the next phase. Now, this is a profound quote by Shell Thompson. What stood out for me in this quote, Action Tribe, is the importance of focusing on one single element. Every single day, completing that and then tackling something new, building a discipline, building a habit and building a daily routine should be the focus so that even if we wake up one day and feel the burden of difficulties and don't really feel like doing that one thing, if we stick to it, face our difficulty and maintain the discipline over a matter of time, when we look back at what we've achieved, we're going to be truly amazed at the results so Paula talking about difficulties I'm sure that you faced many obstacles in your life too so take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge firstly how did you approach it and then how did you overcome that challenge
0: okay well the There have been many, (laughs) but we don't have three days for this interview, so I'll choose one. I think actually what really stands out in my mind was a time a while back, I was going through some really severe financial difficulties, and so one of the first things I did was just really sort of pull myself into the moment and do an assessment of, okay, so what's real right here, right now? Is there food in the cupboard? Do my children have enough to eat in a warm place to sleep? do i have enough to put gas in the car you know i just kind of really grounded myself in the moment and the moment wasn't looking so scary it's our imaginations getting into it that seem to make things worse and then i called a friend i think it's important to reach out when we sort of run out of gas ourselves i called a friend who had been in a, diff- a similar circumstance but now wasn't in in a year his life had transformed and i said to him tim what did you Do? How did you make this different? And he said to me, Well, Paula, he said, I I think the most important thing was I stopped trying. Well, I have to tell you, AJ, that kind of made me angry at first because I was trying everything I could think of to make money Mm -hmm. flow. And I said, Stop trying? What do you mean? He said, I stopped trying and I started allowing. He said, because the universe has so much for us, it's holding so much, but when we're trying, we're usually only focused on one source, one means of trying to make this thing happen. He said, it's almost like there's 10 doors in front of you behind which is your good, but you're only focused on one. So you miss what's behind the other nine doors, but when you're allowing then you just wait for the doors to open and you flow with what comes to you. And that made all the difference in the world.
1: Wonderful. So looking back now in just one sentence, what is it one major life lesson that our listeners can take away from your story? I think to trust
0: Because trust is tough. Trust lessons are so hard. And when things aren't going the way you want them to, trusting that it will be better, trusting that all is well, trusting that the universe is is a wonderful place that wants our good. Trust is, is tough, but trust is so important because if we're not trusting, we block what wants to come to us. And then I think the other half of that is allowing I love this quote by Joseph Campbell, which sums it all up. He said, we must let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the one that is waiting for us.
1: Mm -hmm. Trust and allow. Wonderful. That's really an inspirational story. You mentioned that you were facing financial challenges. And instead of uh, letting your imagination run wild, you did a situational assessment of various aspects various accounts of your life to understand what the current reality was and then you reached out and you asked for some advice which i love i think a lot of people when they face challenges it's easy to really stick to yourself and not seek help mm-hmm. because people have gone through those challenges and as your friend did he told you stop trying and start allowing yes yes Thanks for sharing that uh, wonderful insight. Now, Action Tribe, as we maintain discipline and develop a daily routine, we're going to see some progress. But it's also important to continuously keep our mind healthy, relaxed, and at peace through practices such as meditation, yoga, and affirmations. Because such a practice will allow you to tap into the power of the universe. It will allow you to look at the bigger picture and find out what you really want from life and to really allow because as the inventor of the first practical telephone alexander graham bell once said what this power is i cannot say all i know is that it exists and it becomes available when a man is in the state of mind in which he knows exactly what he wants and is fully determined not to quit until he finds it Mm, that's beautiful So my question to you, Paula, is: Have you found your life's true calling? And if yes, what is your life's calling?
0: Yes, I have. Ooh, I get chills actually when I say that, um, (laughs) because I have become very clear that that my calling is to work with people, to educate them, to work with them one on one, to share. What I've learned over the years and to share these amazing tools that we have now, tools that can help us shift problematic areas of our lives in a very, very short amount of time. I'm referring to the mind-body tools that we have available now and the energy psychology tools. And, and I believe that my calling is to be a voice for that, to be a light to help people find these processes and tools so that they don't spend their lives in pain. You know, one of my the sayings I love that's on my website is turning pain into possibility, you know, transforming pain into possibility because really that's one of the most important purposes pain serves is to open us up to the next level, the next experience, the next place we can go. So I think it's very important to um, to be that voice, to be that voice, to be that guide. And I, I get the opportunity to do that both in my private practice, in keynote presentations I do, and podcasts like this and on my radio show. So I feel very blessed to be able to spread that word.
1: Wonderful. Now you mentioned that you work to educate, to share tools and talk about these wonderful wisdom like mind body and other ancient practices to really help people heal, transform and change their lives. Now, I've spoken to a a lot of people from the Action Tribe, action takers who listen to the show, Mm -hmm. and one of the challenges that the face is that as they head on towards their destiny and they come across such amazing information, right, they change because they change their mindset, they change the way they yeah. think, they change the outlook. But the challenge is that they're changing and the people around them are not changing, mm-hmm. right, because they haven't been exposed to such a situation. And so sometimes yes. they feel that this they don't get the right support. Uh, the support system is missing and they are made fun of in a way, mm-hmm. right? Because the people around them don't understand this amazing and abundant uh, way of life. So, what advice do you have for somebody who is just entered the spiritual journey? You know, I. I have
0: been there too, and I have been known as the woo-woo therapist, you know. <laughs> back in the days before we had all the research we have now that shows us that tapping on meridian points and working with chakras actually changes the energy. You know, now we can see a lot of that in, with Kirlian photography and different kinds of computer software. Mm-hmm. But back before then, you know, when I first wrote my chakra book, even in 2002, AJ, people would say to me, oh, what did you write your book about? And I go, oh, the chakra system. And I could watch their eyes glaze over because they didn't know what that was. Mm. But the world is changing, you know, now because of yoga and, and meditation and, you know, all kinds of work that's out there, more and more people are aware. But until the masses are aware... It's all about really going within, leaning on what you know to be truth, what you know to be actually changing your life, and letting that be enough, and not trying to change everybody around you. You know, they'll come to it when it's their time, but you just, you drain your own energy by trying to get everybody to understand. Just know that as long as you understand, as long as you feel solid within yourself, then it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. They are where they are because that's, that's the level they're able to be at right now.
1: Wonderful. Thanks a lot for that advice. And Action Takers, if you're facing this challenge, if you come across this wonderful wisdom, a new way of living your life, and you want to really change, and you're feeling a challenge in terms of the people around you, we have a community on facebook a group of like-minded people who have had the same experience as you so uh, it's on facebook it's my 7 tribe so we've got many people over here who share some wonderful information some ideas some thoughts and just listening to them having those conversations will take you to the next step will give you the energy to move forward in your life so it's my 7 tribe So Paula, was there ever a magical moment in your life beyond which you were pretty confident that your life was about to change? (laughs)
0: Yes, there definitely was. And before I answer that, I do want to reiterate what you said. You know, I think the going within piece is so important, but we all need the support of others. And so I love your your Facebook community. And I think if, you know, before that or or before we had online, one of the things I did was seek out those like-minded people. And I think Mm -hmm. that is important. We need that community. But yes, the moment that I knew that things were about to change in my life. Um, I, at the time, was married to a man who was a recovering alcoholic, and I didn't realize back then that there were subconscious limiting beliefs and, and trauma patterns, you know, that were underneath a lot of the um, problematic behaviors in our lives, including alcoholism, And I I just knew that, obviously, people were drinking for some reason, you know, to try and escape their pain. But I came down to San Diego, where I now live, actually, but at the time I didn't. And I went to a recovery conference to try and learn some things about addiction. And I ended up going to a presentation by a man named John James, who wrote the Grief Recovery Handbook. And I met John afterwards. And i didn't real it hit me as i was driving home after meeting him that It was loss. It was grief that was underneath a lot of people's problematic behaviors. People mm-hmm. suffer loss all the time and they don't know how to heal it. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to grieve. And that hit me as I was driving home and God is my witness. The music that was on my radio was perfect. These shafts of light started coming through the clouds like you've seen in beautiful photographs. And I just mm. got this whole idea understanding that these subconscious beliefs and the pain, the unhealed pain from loss was what really is underneath most people's problematic behaviors. And that's actually what led me to write the book that I just released called Grief, When Will This Pain Ever End? Because I think it's important that we all realize that we've got to take care of healing those losses or they end up causing physical and emotional problems.
1: Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing that story. Mm -hmm. As you were explaining it, I could literally see the shafts of light, (laughs) you know, piercing through the clouds. Yes. (laughs) So that's wonderful. And that brings us to the final round of today's episode, which is known as the wisdom round, uh, contains, Four questions this round and it is structured like a rapid fire round. So are you ready? Okay. (laughs) Great. So looking back at life, what is the best advice you've ever received?
0: You know what? Be careful what you focus on because whatever we focus on, we're feeding energy to. And whatever you feed energy to grows. So you want to be careful what you're feeding your energy to because it's going to grow.
1: What is that one personal habit that keeps you strong?
0: Meditation, without a doubt. I will not start my day without meditation. If I have to catch a plane at five in the morning, I'm up at 3.30. So there's time to meditate before
1: I have to get ready for the day. Wonderful. So what's your morning ritual like?
0: Well, uh, I, first thing I do when I wake up is, is I meditate. I go right into my meditation, and then I like to read a little bit of wisdom and think about that, maybe journal a little bit about that. And then usually it's some kind of movement, either a walk, stretching um, on the days that I have time to do my exercise class. I love to do my bar workout, so I'll go there. And then I come home and it's a hot shower and dry the hair and I'm on my way.
1: Wonderful. So name one book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners.
0: Oh, without a doubt. It's A Deep Breath of Life by Alan Cohen. A Deep Breath of Life is daily readings. So you can open it up to the day that it is, whatever date on the calendar. And I'm telling you, it always is the perfect thing you need to read. I probably really should have an affiliate relationship with Alan Cohen because I've given his book (laughs) to so many people. (laughs) I could have made a fortune.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think you should reach out to him.
0: <laughs> I should. I think I will. That's a good idea, Aj. But I love this book, A Deep Breath of Life.
1: Great. So, action takers, you can access the show notes by visiting my dot com slash nine three. Once again, that's my S E V E N C H A K R E S dot com slash nine three, and you'll find all the insights, all the in- advice, all the links that we've spoken about during the show in the show notes. All right, Paula, right before we end today's episode, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for and also tell us the best way we can find you online.
0: I am really grateful for my life. My life is so interesting and so fun. I'm so grateful that I get to reach people the way I do. Um, You know, I just every morning I'm kind of in awe that I get to be me. And that's a wonderful feeling. And the easiest and the best way to reach me and where you can learn more about my practice is at paulashaw.com. That's my website. And as I mentioned earlier, if you go there, there is a free chakra visualization slash meditation that is a wonderful, it's very similar to what I do every single day of my life. And it's just an easy download.
1: Wonderful. So, action takers, especially if you want to know more about your chakras, you want to know more about the mind-body connection, energy healing, and if you want to access that guided meditation so you know exactly where to go, that's paulashaw.com. We'll have the link up in the show notes as well.
0: And when I should probably mention that, the book that I keep talking about, Chakras, The Magnificent Seven, is available on Amazon if listeners are interested in getting a hold of that.
1: Perfect. We will add this link uh, to the show notes as well, the book, so that people can look at the link and head on directly to Amazon or any other bookstore where it's available. You mentioned, is is it available just on Amazon or uh, Barnes and Nobles and other places as well?
0: It is. It's just on Amazon right now.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. We'll add that. So Paula, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of our chakras and taking us one step closer to a human revolution
0: oh thank you aj it was truly my pleasure this is a lovely show and i love what you're doing it was great to get to be a part of it you're listening to my seven chakras go to my S-E-V-E-N, chakras.com download your free gift get inspired and take action transform your life today